0: Hey Macca. Hey Shreddy. We're giving you a special episode this week, listeners. Yeah, this one's going to come straight from the heart. This one, this is a bit different to what we normally do. That's right. This is the first of the Spit Files. Yeah, so uh, the Spit Files are a little bit of a special thing that we're going to do as a break off to the normal podcast episodes that we would give you. They are going to be interviews with people um, that we can get in touch with that have either a passion for sport like we do um, or are involved with sport in some way.
1: Yeah, that's right. So tonight's episode, we speak with a good mate of ours, uh, Liam Simmons, who is an Aussie expat. He is. Making his way over in the US um, as a college basketball coach. Yeah. He's also trodden the path as a player um, in in the college basketball circles, and also happens to have a brother who's playing... um, in the NBA, yeah, you might
0: have heard of his brother Ben Simmons, who's making a name for himself as the uh, number one pick two years ago, and certainly in his rookie year, this year he's uh, he's coming on as probably rookie of the year favorite or lock, I guess. Yeah. Um, but this one was pretty particularly close to our heart because, as Streety said, Simo and Streety and I have been mates for many years. Um, it's pretty bizarre to kind of uh, to have a mate who actually. Follows the passion that we all have for sport and goes and makes a living out of it, as Simo has done um, once he finished his playing career. He worked really hard, and he'll tell you all about it in the interview, um, in terms of going over there and um, building a coaching career that now gives his family, uh, makes a a living for his family. Um, But it's even more bizarre when his brother then becomes the number one pick in, in the NBA now. Uh, I don't know Ben, I don't profess to know him, I've never met him before in my life other than probably very randomly at Liam's house um, many years ago, Um, but it it was just great to share all things basketball and the experience of, of American basketball both at the NCAA level and at his exposure to the professional level as well, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. And we also touch on um, his time growing up um, with his dad, uh, Dave Simmons, playing in the NBL with the Melbourne Tigers. Mm. Uh, we talk about his experiences um, coaching girls' youth league teams in Victoria, and just how all those experiences have kind of shaped, you know, his career to the point of, of where it is now, yeah. um, which is still very much in its infancy, and will only, you know, looks like we'll go into bigger and better things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it was a really interesting chat around uh, all aspects of basketball. But even if you're not a fan of basketball, the discussion that we had with Simo really did also cover on um, a couple of cultural issues, cultural issues around um, the, the great state of, of, of this nation and of Australia. and. Um, all types of experiences that he's he's had being an expat, so somebody who's now living in America and, and some of the dramas that, that happen over there on a regular basis that we hear about in our media, um, and and where he raises his family. So um, look, it, it's a really good listen. Uh, we hope you get as much out of it as we did just having that chat with Simo. So. Um, we're really proud to have brought you this one. is our first in the Spitfiles special edition.
1: That's right. It's a touch over ninety minutes, but it's it's well <coughs> worth listening to. Uh, Liam gives us, gives us some great insight um, into his experiences and, and uh, shares a lot of his thoughts on the state of the play. Um, not only on you know social issues, but you know but basketball. So if you're a basketball fan, I think uh, you'll get a lot of it, a lot out of this. But if you're a sports fan in general and and you like a good chat, then uh, you'll be able to. Get some good good stuff out of it. We certainly had a great time chatting with him.
0: Yep, so we hope you enjoyed it and uh, we look forward to bringing you another episode pretty soon after. Here
1: it is. The Spit Files with Liam Simmons.
0: Okay, g'day Liam. It's uh, the Macca and Streety Show on Sports and Spit. Mate, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Um, you're our first actual guest that doesn't live in our town. That's right. <laughs> so. you're,
1: you're our first guest via the internet um, who lives... Intercontinental. That's right. And more importantly, the yes. first guest on our special uh, series of interviews called The Spit Files.
2: Yeah. So Spit the, Files.
0: The Spit Files, we're hoping to interview people that actually earn a living from sports, unlike Street and I, who just have a natural passion for it.
1: Yes.
2: Um, I, I can say it's an honor to be uh, the first, um, hopefully not the last.
0: Nah. Everyone remembers and, their first, Simo. you gotta, You got to think about that, mate. <laughs>
2: So yeah. Everyone Some knows. of us like to forget it, but. No, yeah. oh, I think my,
0: my. Probably the girl that probably I was first with, she probably wants to forget it, I'd say. Most of the ones subsequently <laughs> probably want to forget it too, I'd say. But. I
2: think it's taken about 45 seconds for this thing just to go absolutely
0: sideways. <laughs> it's <private. laughs> disintegrated already. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. Anyway, let's talk
0: about what you do for a living, Liam. So you are the associate head coach at Southwest Baptist University Basketball, Bearcats Basketball. That's correct, obviously.
2: Yep, that's it.
0: Now, Southwest Baptist University, that is a small school in Bolivar, Missouri.
2: You, that's correct.
0: You guys play in the Mid, is it? Let me see if I've got this right. So, the, uh, uh, where have I written it down? The Mid America Intercollegiate Athletics Association Division.
2: Yeah. Conference. Or the MIAA.
1: MIAA. Easiest, right? So good. There you go. Yeah,
2: Yeah, excellent. We are, we are, we're in. Um,
1: so MIAA missing in action again? Is that
2: <laughs> whatever acronym you want to come up with and, and yeah. find your way around it? That's perfectly okay, but it does stand for Mid American Intercollegiate um, Association, so uh, athletic association. But it's actually funny enough is it's actually probably the best Division Two, arguably. Yeah. I mean, probably depending on what other Division Two coach you talk to. It's probably the best Division Two league in the country, um, year in and year out. It's the most attended with fans. Um, my argument for it being the best in the country is that two out of the last four national champions have come from our league. So, that's a pretty um, solid argument. It's it's up there with ACC basketball or any of those big kind of power conferences that have multiple national champions respective to their level so it's it's really competitive and it's it's quite unique because in in a Missouri area there's no professional basketball so college basketball is um is all they have yeah so that's why you see you know uh University of Kansas and you know um Wichita State Missouri and then small schools in the area have quite a strong following because we don't have um you know the closest teams, Memphis Grizzlies or Oklahoma City Thunder, so it's, um, yeah. you know, they're very passionate about basketball, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, so if you just give us a bit of a geography lesson, a quick one, as to exactly where you are situated in, in obviously, where, where, where Missouri is in, in relation to the country um, and the state and so forth.
2: So we are dead in the middle.
1: Yep. Yep. So you're the charlestown, no, you're the equivalent of charlestown in, in, in Newcastle. <laughs>
2: well, so, so yes. for you, yeah. Yeah, we, so we're like, we're surrounded by Texas, like Oklahoma, uh, um, Kansas, yeah, Iowa, like every other state in America is around us. So like we're literally like right in the middle. So if you were just, land in L.A. and then drive directly across country, you'll drive through Missouri. Yeah, okay. okay. So,
0: college basketball, and how far does your conference spread? You So, we should just give this a little bit of context. Liam has just stepped off a bus about an hour and a half ago after eight hours traveling back from the last road game of the year, right, Simo?
2: That's correct. Yeah, and so... Yeah, we drove to... Uh, Nebraska. So we were in Nebraska tonight. So, okay.
0: Um,
2: Nebraska is the furthest road trip that we take. Um, and that's eight hours away. Normally, kind of on average, it's about a three-hour, two-and-a-half to three-hour bus ride if we're on the road.
0: Okay. And at Division Two level for, for, for college basketball, everything's – you drive to everything. There's no glamour around any of this, is there, Simo? I mean, you guys, this is a grind,
2: right? It is, and I think like the common misconception is is like that Division One on a whole is flying everywhere, and they're not either. Yeah. like um, uh, your your high major schools that have chartered planes are you know they're doing that. Your Kentuckys are flying, and Dukes are flying, and North Carolinas are flying, and, and you know St Marys are flying. But for the you know I'd probably say for. I'd say probably for seventy percent of the people in collegiate basketball, they're getting on buses and they're driving a few hours down the road and back um, to play conference games. Um, I, it, there, there really is a mis a misconception about just I think the levels and then also just you know what you're referring to as the grind, what kind of that ensues as um, you know as a as a college athlete. Yeah
0: yeah that's interesting that college athlete grind i want to talk about a bit later too but uh for you guys let's just recap your you lost that game that was the first round game of your conference tournament which means basically this is that's it for you now your season's over so
2: you you left we we are done we are done uh fire up mad monday yeah and what are they like over there? Yeah, right? Is there a Mad Monday or what? Because that's Monday kind of why they, we're in sports, right? right? They are mad. Most people are really pissed off that they've got to go to class and they can't have another day off and go play basketball. So yeah, wow. it's mad for a different reason. It's not mad for the days of Newcastle where guys are dressing up as their favourite girls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you can't see what's under the desk parading, here, but we're parading also... Parading nonchalantly from, from dwelling to dwelling, mm. enjoying their Monday as they probably walk past their boss that they lied to about being out of work
1: on that day. So, Liam, you mentioned uh, a few, um, a little little bit further back, that your average sort of uh, travel time for a road game is about two and a half, three hours. Now, back when we were playing with the Hunters in State League and Youth League, if we had a bus trip that was, you know, two and a half hours or three hours long, there was always a carton of beer involved. What's the sort of culture between, you know, obviously these guys are in school, majority are going to be underage, so you can't legally do a and a beer in a bus, um, but is there any sort of, um, you know, um, can fun be had on, on these road trips, or do the guys just play cards or stare into their phones?
2: I think the, that today's generation, to answer your question very bluntly, the fun that, that we've experienced as as um, triumphant graduates of the Hunter program is <laughs> <laughs> a lot different to... Uh, to the fun that uh we have over here most of the guys they're probably sleeping most of the time on the bus um and you know I don't blame them like we get done with the game at you know 10 o'clock at night and then you know you got to get up and go to class at 8 a.m in the morning but you know they'll they'll listen to music do what kids do there's not too much card playing going on um it's mainly just you know iPod movies. Like I flip on a movie, or if I'm not watching film, so it's pretty low key. Um, and and it's it's definitely it's definitely not the minibus with with someone's unqualified dad driving the bus <laughs> from 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 uh, from Sutherland back to Newcastle. So
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, it sounds like a bit of a disappointment to you, What? So is it so even in my head now I'm picturing when you talk about a bus I'm picturing a coach but are you talking about we're talking about minibuses as well like you are 8 hours in
2: a minibus nah, we we ride coaches we'll, we'll we'll load up a coach and 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 take off and the guys sit in the back coaches sit up the front so yeah um like so the travelling part not yeah. it's man we're not rolling down the road and and horse and buggy, like I don't want to make it sound like it's the worst thing ever. Like, yeah, but, you know, it, like we're riding in coaches, but you are traveling on the road. Like you're literally on the road. You're not doing airports and that sort of stuff. Um, just because, you know, it, it's not it's not feasible. Most schools play in conferences. Like the reason conferences are, you know, the way they're designed is so that you can travel minimal cost without it being. Mm. You know, an airfare here, airfare there, because schools just don't operate that way, and that's what's really interesting at the moment. Everyone's talking about pay players getting paid, and I don't know how. You know, I don't know where that falls for smaller schools who struggle to have the budget to even play collegiate sports, anyways. Yeah. So it's 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 a lot. It's a lot lower key than, than probably, you know, you watch March Madness and you guys are going to get into that and you're going to watch those programs. And I think the cool thing about March Madness is you're going to see, you know, the lower level Division One schools go up against the Dukes of the world. And it's it's like those kids from those lower level schools don't even have a, a quarter of what those kids at Duke are getting, mm-hmm. but they still get to match up and play a game and potentially beat them. Mm-hmm. But what those kids are living versus the kids at North Carolina, Duke, ACC, Big 12 is just, it's just worlds apart. Um, in so many different ways.
0: And, and so let's talk a little bit about that then, because that is the big media story at the moment around should players in the NCAA game get paid because it seems like everybody else is. Um, but that's, I mean, that's what the media is reporting, but you see that again, this is, the Dukes and the North Carolinas of the world could probably afford to pay those players, but when it drops down to every other conference and 70% of the schools, like you mentioned earlier, surely there's not that sort of money in the game that they could afford to pay their players much more than what they're already
2: giving them. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's it's honestly, it's above my head in terms of giving you a definitive answer that will lay some groundwork for a regulation to be in. But, um, you know, I just kind of almost just as a fan, it, it's going to take a lot to figure out, um, you know, where to go from here. Mm. And, and I think the kids that you're talking about are f- part of a very small percentage of kids that have the potential to play in the NBA. I think, yeah. you know, I, I read an article today where Calipari is talking about, um, you know, things Uh, and and it's all relevant to how much the ncaa is making that's the big thing is Mm. the ncaa is a non-profit organization making a lot of money Mm. um and they're saying it's on the back of the student-athlete using their likeness and kids aren't able to sign autographs and get money for it and if there's a way that they can allow them to use their platform and i guess you could say fame Mm. um i think that's an appropriate word They're, they're famous on on a different scale but um, use that to, you know, generate income because in a lot of instances, it's, you know, I, these kids are, they're not making the money for themselves. A lot of the stories that you hear about, you know, money back to mom and dad or grandma. And, and it's not, you know, you're not talking about millions of dollars. You're talking about a drop in the ocean compared to what some of these kids can potentially make at the next level, you know, mm-hmm. beyond college um it's going to be really interesting man just to see how that all all plays out because again like you said you're talking about i mean you're talking about a very small percentage of schools that could feasibly set up a program that pays players and then everyone else is going to be sitting there going you can come play basketball and we'll give you three square meals tuition and a board uh you know board um but we can't give you any money so uh it'll be really interesting to see i I i think it's 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 probably got to get worse before it gets better, um, yeah. in terms of just uncovering what's going on and then trying to figure out how to rectify it without, you know, you know, without the game suffering and mm. and the popularity of the sport kind of diminishing and and people frowning upon you know collegiate basketball because it is a great experience and and and, it, and it's it's a it's an awesome opportunity for the kids to get it. Yeah.
1: So um, if if we torch, if we you know from your perspective now in coaching um if we want to flip it back a few years back when you were actually playing if you just want to share your experience from playing junior basketball in australia and how you actually got over to the states where (laughs) where you went to college and, and how you transitioned from well you know once you finished in college um how did you get into the coaching side of things and what and what did that path entail
2: yeah i um I kind of bounced around. Um, I started in Victoria and then I kind of made my, carved my own path in, in, in Newcastle and New South Wales. And um, and that's where my basketball kind of took shape um, in that area. Uh, and then from there, I um, was lucky enough to get a scholarship to San Diego Christian College in California and played out there and um, played there for four years and um, had a, a, you know, a lot of success we won the conference and went to the national tournament and uh, did some really cool stuff and was really fortunate that the head coach there at the time Kelvin starr was a, he's actually a Sydney native so we had an Aussie coach and you know there was probably four or five Australians on the team so it was really easy for me to transition into my experience and mm. it was a lot of fun um, Playing uh, out there it was, it was um, definitely
1: fun when I came to visit uh, just to uh, was, yeah, yeah
2: well, we experienced the um, the brawl between the pistons and the Pacers.
0: that's oh, right well we've yeah. actually we, we, the, the malice in the palace we, we yeah, actually made was, reference yeah. of that yeah.
1: story on one of our earlier episodes in sports and spit um, mm. but you are the guy that we we shared that moment in the pub it was uh, it was very surreal I, um, it, just, it was
2: crazy like we we're just watching the game and then all of a sudden this erupts. And then everyone in the in the area just like stops, and we're just watching Ron Artest chase guys in the stands. And like, (laughs) what is going on right
0: now? (laughs) Probably the best brawl in any type of sport because the players went into the stands.
2: Yeah, like you don't see that. It has to be up there. Yeah. Yeah, and they started going up there. I don't condone it, like, at all. It's a very Australian thing to go. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Over here, it's like, oh, that's the worst thing that could have happened in basketball. <laughs> so um, my Australian side's like, oh yeah, sweet. And then my <laughs> my American side's like, oh, that's just terrible. Like terrible. But no, it was sick. It was awesome. Guys sliding around, and then like fans were coming on the court. Yeah, like going after wearing guys up. Do you yeah. know, like the balls to square up, like Jermaine O'Neill, yeah. like seven foot, yeah. 300 pounds, and there's this guy, probably works at Radio Shack, just yeah. like standing down there, it's like, come on, let's go. Like, yeah. you're your you're most drunken night yeah. on a Saturday at Fanny's, just like out of your mind, trying to figure Check out what ass, to do next up. week.
0: But would it ever involve, like, if you so, so that, so your dream. For your life as a basketball fan is to get on to an NBA court in some way, shape, or form, right? And you get on, and you decide to use that opportunity to square up and try and go and go toe to toe with one of the players. You're that you've used that opportunity quite rarely compared to what other people might do. That right? There's certainly right? different ways of going about
1: it. Um, one is picking a fight with players. I mean, all, all uh, Giles and I had to do was get a, get a, a back player pass to get on the court in New Orleans and end up meeting Kobe Bryant. So. Yeah, but
0: you didn't go to him, how
1: about I fucking punch you in the face? No, no, we, we, <laughs> we, we just said good day in our most Aussie accent we yeah. could. We handed up and he oh, reciprocated. Great me. game, Kobe. How about a
0: fucking like, uppercut? <laughs> You're not going to say... There's a fair distance between, I feel like I want to get on the court. How this game going to, you know what, Jermaine O'Neill, I hate that prick. Watch this, here's my chance. Everyone's distracted because Ron Artess is... Punching seven shades of shit out of your mate who yeah. was sitting in 12A. <laughs>
1: There's certainly different ways to utilise that opportunity. Uh, once oh, you're on the floor. Here's my chance. Oh my god, Jermaine! Fucking how about me, mate? How about you
2: have a yeah. uh, well. I think that's that would be the definition of a, of a diehard fan. Yeah. Definitely. The question is how many. How many of those players would stand in front <laughs> of yeah. that fan if he were to get into a fight with some other guy just randomly in the street? <laughs> yeah. Do you think that they, they would jump? Hey, no, no, no Barry, I've got, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've got it. Yeah, it's <laughs> you're cool, a super man. fan, and I just want to stick up for you. So yeah, um, exactly. But no, that that was that's a memory I've had. Uh, that that was that was a basketball memory that that's uh, strong in my mind. Um, man, then okay, so San Diego. Went home, and then uh, I was in Melbourne for a year. I coached, um, and that's when I got into coaching. I kind of stopped playing, and then, um, and then, you know, college was hard and took it out of me. And I was like, you know what? Like I, I, I still love the game, so I ended up coaching under sixteen girls. So to go from collegiate men to under sixteen girls, where it's just a complete change of mentality and pace. Um, I think that really helped me understand the game way better um, mm. because it, it's not just this physicality deal where you just, you know, take take the ball and just ram it down that guy's throat, mm. you know, go as hard as you can the basket. The girls are very um, particular in terms of just, you know, Understanding how things work. There's always the, the why questions. Guys don't ask the whys as much as the girls do, and that I think that made me a better coach, helped me understand the game. So I was there for a year, and then I was really fortunate to get a um, a high school head coaching job in Phoenix, Arizona. Was there for three years, and then Nickel State um, down in Louisiana, Division One school, where I was an assistant, and then now I'm. Um,
1: Nickel State has the, produced quite a few uh, Aussie players over the years. They have. They've had a,
2: a slew of guys down there um, over the years uh, with with Coach uh, J.P. Piper, who's not there anymore, but he had a lot of success with Australians. Um, Is that where Mitch McCarron doctor,
0: went? No, nah, Mitch McCarron went to Metro State with no, right. Mike Dunlap. He was at
2: Metro State, um, yeah. and they've had a bunch too. Mark Worthington, yeah. David Barlow, um, Mike Dunlap was the coach for a long time, uh, the kid who Played at Sydney Kings. Is it Kendall? I think Luke Kendall was there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then now I'm at Southwestern. Um, actually, shout out to one of my guys who I coached my first year here, Finn Delaney, who plays for the New Zealand Breakers. Yeah, he's he's just playing, playing for in Melbourne he's this week. Killing so it. He's, he's killing it for them at the moment, which is awesome. So, he was here with the Bearcats for a year and then went home and now he's with the Breakers. Good on taking you, Finn. On, taking on the old... Breakers coach Dean Vickerman.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, and that's going to be that's going to be a great NBL semi final series. There's yeah. like, I mean, that's been a great kind of competition this year um, that we've followed quite closely. So it'll be good to see. Well, Sports and Spittle adopt Finn Delaney made as their own, yeah. and we are going to follow his ride all the way through. So. We will jump on a bandwagon. We're on it.
1: So, Simma, you, you mentioned um, coming back from the States where, as a player, you're probably living and breathing basketball 24 7 as a college athlete, uh, student athlete. When you come back to Melbourne, obviously the change of pace probably was welcomed um, and getting into coaching. When you did that, did you notice, um, did, did you see from your perspective that there were potentially opportunities lost just in terms of the way? That junior basketball is done here or did you think you know like the same like we, we have talented kids here you know um they if they're in the states they could be presented these these opportunities but they just weren't sort of available in the system that we currently have in, in australia
2: yeah straight like no yeah that's that's a, a really good question um it's it's something that i've wrestled with for a you know on and off for a while just in terms of just i think it's i think it's it's very natural to kind of be over here in america and then everything is heightened you know sports is heightened media is heightened um everything's very very you know instant in america um fame is attainable overnight type deal um it's when you come on on holidays over here and you go through LA and you go through New York, it's very consuming. Like you go through Times Square and you are like, "Man, this is sweet." Yeah, yeah. But when you go home, it's like, "Man, if this could be a little bit more like Times Square. This would be sweet." But it's not. Like it's it's home. Mm, yeah. You know. And and I think for me, for a long time, like I've I've had to kind of you know really appreciate. How we do things back home, um, and, and and it's never, it's never diff, It's never bad. It's just different. Um, and, and I think you know some of the stuff that that we do back home is 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 great. Like I think you know, a lot of the kids that we get from Australia and try and recruit, they understand the game, they understand structures and offenses, and and they really know how to be good teammates and and play the game. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest difference is that a lot of kids. Over here are brought up, you know, playing basketball with a more, you know, one-on-one mentality, more veracity. Um, you know, it, it's it's sexier to go and dunk it than it is to lay it up on the backboard. So you, you get that kind of natural transition as those kids get older and stronger. That there's 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 more athletic kids and 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 they play above the rim, which um, is is great if you can do that, but. You know, I've I've really come to appreciate some of the the things that I've learnt growing up in the Australian system. You know, just fundamentals. Um, and and you know, I, I I to be really honest, would yeah, I'd be frustrated sometimes when I go home because I'd be like, man, if we could just teach these kids to do this, this, and this, like you're saying, they could go to college and be really good players. But that's assuming that every kid wants to go to college yeah. anyway. Mm. And and I and and I've kind of you know, for the kids that do want to do it, I think that they have to be channeled in a way that allows them to transition over here. Yeah. But for the kids that want to stay home and play in the NBL and, and not go to college, then I think it's really smart that they, you know, stay true to the roots of, of what, you know, they're learning and, and, and the systems that they're growing up in and, and be able to become elite in that without it crossing over and it being, you know all or nothing. Like, um, you know, I think Australia has a unique identity within basketball about the way we play. And I think my brother's been a great ambassador for that in terms of, you know, just playing good basketball, making good basketball plays, being a pass-first kind of guy that, you know, isn't enamored with scoring, um, you know, is prepared to do, you know, the things that help you win games. And uh, that's a real trait that that i picked up from being home and i think it's a real it's a really good thing because over here you know aau basketball is played in the summertime and that's like their club basketball and these kids go from game to game to game to game and the hardest thing to find with these kids is just the 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 competitive nature and the understanding of how to win Mm. you know you lose on Saturday, but you still get to play on Sunday. You lose on Sunday, don't worry, because you're going to play on Monday anyway. Yeah, so it's right. like, you know, this constant, like, rewarding of, of you know, subpar performance, Whereas I feel like in Australia, the way we have it set up is, is we have tournaments that you can go to. But, you know, I grew up playing, like, if you lost, you're done. Yeah, like, yeah. you're out. Yeah. Like, no state championships, no, you know... You know Thursday night comp championship. You're watching instead of playing, and there was a real reality of you know if you didn't perform, then you weren't going to get the next step. And sometimes I feel over here, in the great, you know, scramble to find players and be recruited, it's 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 about just playing as many games and being seen as an individual as possible. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So that's a very long answer to a very simple question, which was. Would I implement stuff in Australia a little bit? But I love the way that we're doing stuff back home, for the most part.
1: Yeah. And do you think that the uh, the AAU scene, you know, where there's probably more individual ambition than than team success, just in order to to get recognised, get profiles, get those you know those YouTube videos out there, so you can get recruited, um, is that harmful for the development of young kids in the states? And and do colleges need to sort of you know break their game a little bit to remold them to become you Know, um, say you're more sort of team focused, um, particularly the kids that probably aren't those full blue chippers who may go to only you know go to college for 12 months and then then, then they move on,
2: yeah, no doubt. Um, for yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, every time we get a kid, we have to you're always having to break them down some way, um, to help them fit into what you do, um, but. You know, I, the irony of the kid who wants to stand out as an individual is that, you know, a lot of schools aren't really looking for that anyway. So, mm. you know, I know when I go recruiting, I'm really looking for a very specific kind of kid. Um, and a lot of it is less to do with him being, you know, the man and more to do with him being a great teammate. You know, I'm watching guys, the way they interact with people on the bench. Like, I'm watching how they interact with referees and... and and. Uh, teammates on the floor and you know when bad plays happen how do they you know move on from that um it's far less about who scored the most points and and really more just recruiting the guys that fit who we are um and you know from that i find that a lot of the guys that we fit our program and are successful are they're not the superstar they're the kid who wins a 50 50 ball who takes a charge who you know, first back, you know, on defense after a turnover, or, um, you know, just little things like that. Um, I, I feel like the fundamentals of the game over here are somewhat, you know, there's somewhat lack in terms of just, it's hard to convince a kid that can go and dunk it to get the right footwork to mm-hmm. do a layup. I mean, why, why would he want to do that when he can just go jump over three guys and dunk it? Like, yeah. you two, if you could dunk it, ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever. <laughs> Never. You wouldn't Never. listen to anyone about, you know, the fundamentals because you you yeah. convince yourself you don't need them. And, and I think there's a lot more of that over here. Obviously, there's a lot more kids. You know, Australia's a smaller market, so, you know, you get coached. Mm-hmm. more in australia than you probably do over here um, it's fair to say because you know there's just there's a million kids over here and there's 30,000 in australia playing yeah, so
0: yeah. yeah and simo you you mentioned um, that there are some aspects of, of the Australian game that, that you don't think we're getting right anything specific you want to like that you'd want to comment on or like is there you know junior development wise or even in the professional ranks back here
2: Sorry that that we can that I think we can do better.
0: Yeah, that's right. So from an Australian perspective,
2: yeah, I think you know, like I think we nail it with 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 team concepts and and um, with and and I'm speaking purely from a from a an American college standpoint. Yeah. Um, I, I think some of some of the kids that come over, I think the one area that they struggle with is just being able to create. For themselves, or even create for other teammates. Yeah. Um. Because we're so used to playing in structure, mm. you know, you're used to running your club offense, and you've run it for ten years, and and if I don't come off that flex cut, then I don't, you know, I I don't know what to do. Mm. You know, you know what I mean. So it's like, you know, we get a lot of kids that, you know, from Australia, that, you know, they could draw any offense on the board. You could go run flex. You know, run first and thirds. Run, you know. ISO, blah, 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 whatever for this guy. And they could draw it, but then when they get the ball in those situations where they have to make plays, I think that's probably the, the area that I would love to see kids be a little bit more in tune with. The ones that want to come to America, mm. it's not that you have to... I think we miss we, we miss the boat when, I, when we hear people say, play one-on-one basketball, because everyone assumes that you're trying to score. When I think of one-on-one basketball, I think about beating my man... And creating either a shot for myself or for a teammate, mm. probably more for a teammate than myself. So, I think that's one area that that I would love to see kids that are trying to come to America be a little bit more um, rehearsed in. Is you know being able to you know make a play, um, but it's it's I think that's also the temperament of the kid. Like I don't think every kid is wired that way, mm. um, which is is not a bad thing. You know, yeah. I, I think I, I really do think that, that we've got to try and move past this place where everyone is got to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like y- y- you can't be, you can't play the trumpet, the trombone and the drums in the band. Like you got to <laughs> pick one. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think like sports has become a thing where it's just like, if you're not doing everything and you're not the best, then it's like, you're not valuable. Like you're not seen as valuable. And I think that's totally missing the point of playing sports. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not everyone can be the CEO, but that doesn't mean that the guy who's, you know, on the lowest level isn't important to the company. And and those are some of the things that when I'm thinking about my son, those are some of the things where I'm like, man, like the only reason you play sports is for the social interaction and, and just to you know, be part of a working team. Mm. Um, uh, San Antonio Spurs is the epitome of that. You know, this, that's where I think that we do some of our kids a disservice is that, you know, we pump college and we pump, you know, you know, being the best you can be, and we we blur the line of, of whatever your best is, being okay with that. You know, if you're a, if your best is a C, then that's awesome yeah, yeah cuz if, if you work if you work your ass off you know, for it
0: and you and you and that was what you were capable of then that's okay yeah
2: that's exactly right and and i think that that's you know that's a really hard thing to communicate to to kids and it, and it's becoming harder to communicate to parents that you know uh, you, you see the Ben Simmonses and the Dante Exams and the Patty Mills and you shoot for the stars and that's awesome but uh, i i i really feel sometimes for the kids that that you know are out there trying just to enjoy themselves, and the pressure of trying to be something that you know they're maybe not even capable of being hmm. is is so much so that they lose the passion for the game and the love of the game and the fun. So yeah,
0: right. so you mentioned the word transition a couple of times, and in, in relation to the to the athletes that you recruit, what's not even speaking specifically from an Australian players' perspective, but what's the transition like? for a person going into college and, and going in on a, on an athletic scholarship. Can you, you take us through a little bit of that because that seems like it's an important factor in success over there, right?
2: Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's huge. Um, I think being an Aussie player, being an American player, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a huge step for these kids to take. Um, every usually moving away from home for the first time, um, you know they're usually surrounded by people that they don't know, um, and and it's just a very difficult um, transition. So you're now learning how to live with new people. You're live, living in a town perhaps that you never even knew existed until they started recruiting you, um, and and you're you're reestablishing your 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 bearings. On top of that. You're having to keep up with classwork. Um, you're having to go to practice six days a week, and then you're having to perform at a really high level to, you know, justify you being on the team and being on scholarship, and, and you're working for your spot. So there's a lot of moving parts um, that that go into that freshman year. Um, it's always really good for us if we can get those kids on campus in the summertime. Um, it's really beneficial for kids that redshirt because. Usually, the kind of the way it works is, if the kids come in August, they're not going to really find their feet in anything until you know December, mm. and then by the time you get December, you get two more months, and then the season's over. Mm. So, um, yeah, a red shirt is really really valuable. Um, I think you've seen great success with the kids go from the Australian Institute of Sport because they're already living that kind of lifestyle mm. away from home. You know, getting in the in the bus and going to school, managing your your timetable and and still getting the the basketball side of things in as well. So, you know, some of those kids that have gone to St. Mary's and been really successful um, from the AIS, Patty Mills, you know, Matt Della Ladova, those guys, I think have had a huge advantage from the standpoint that they've done a lot of that growing up part before they even got over to the States. Yeah, so
0: it's basically something where... They've had that preparation or that time to find themselves in that environment, and it just makes them much more attuned to it, right?
2: Yeah, I think they're able to adapt pretty quickly. It doesn't change the fact that they're moving overseas and they're having to create, you know, a new environment of friends and mm. and figure out where everything is. I think that's all the same. Um, but I just think that I think managing their time is probably the biggest advantage that those kids have. Um, Because that's the biggest thing that gets in the way of progress for freshmen is just, you know, they're so tired that they're trying to sleep every 15 minutes. You know, can I get a 15-minute nap? And you sit down with them, you try and help them understand, like, well, if you took 15 minutes here, here, and here, you got 45 minutes, you can come in and get shots up in the gym Hmm. instead of coming at at 12 o'clock at night and doing it and Hmm. then not getting to bed till 2 and then waking up at 8 and constantly being in, you know, tired mode. So... Yeah, it's it's it, the time management is a, a huge compartment uh or a component rather of, of the transition. Yeah,
1: right. So Timo, now you'd be sort of recruiting kids that are born anywhere, you say, probably from two thousand or probably even younger, uh, say two thousand and two, two thousand three, born kids. Yep. Uh, have you found sort of you know are they diff- more more difficult to manage? Um, just given the era they're born. Well, are you saying, is there a generational change? Yeah, yeah. From? have you noticed a generational change just between attitudes, the way kids handle themselves from, you know, even say, kids that were born five, six years earlier, for, even from time in your college, and also that sort of, um, you know, that that side of the coin too, dealing with the parents of kids who are sort of born in 2002, 2003 that you are recruiting. Do you find that, that the parents play more of a role in... in in say that the child's decision, are they more hands on, or generally more sort of you know?
2: The kids. Yeah, have... parents are. Yeah, yeah there's always a parental aspect, um, and I, I think at our level, it's we're always we're always dealing with the division one thing, mm-hmm. so uh, I, which is really unfortunate because I, I you know, it, our level is as good as. A lot of low level, some mid mid major division one schools. Um, so there's this, again that misconception that, you know, if you go division two, then you're less of a player than the guy who went division one because he's gone division one. At the end of the day, if you're not playing, it doesn't matter what level you're at. Mm. <laughs> like
0: yeah,
2: yeah. You, you could be if you're sitting on the bench. You've traveled a long, long way to to not be playing. Mm. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that you're not being successful in what you're doing. That doesn't mean you're not getting better. Personally, like, I just think that, you know, from my perspective, like, finding the right level where you come in and you get to play and you get to, you know, have an opportunity to compete and be, you know, one of the better players on your team is important, um, you know, the, because... Again, like everyone's dream is to play professional basketball. I get that, but you're talking about a very small percentage of guys that get to play professional basketball. Mm-hmm. So, can we play at a really high level, enjoy it, and get our degree, and use it for what it is, which is you know basketball is a tool. Yeah. Um, I find that a lot of parents um, get caught up in 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 the levels. Like if or if it's not Division One, then we don't want to we don't want to mess with it. Um, And I just try and encourage guys to go where you're going to get taken care of um, and go where you're going to be happy. Um, And happiness is a very, you know, very open term. We all have different ways of of describing what would make us happy. But I think at the end of the day, just being able to enjoy playing basketball, have good teammates, have a coach that, you know, doesn't ream you every time that you make a mistake, (laughs) um, that could be, Quite, that could be quite terrifying at times. Um, I used to have
0: a couple of coaches like that, Timo, but I, I think that was just because of my frequency of mistakes might have been higher than other players. <laughs> so.
2: I, I imagine you were a pretty frustrated coach. Um, yeah. And it wouldn't be because of your lack of athleticism. I think it would just be because I think you would be the kind of kid that always had a, either had an answer or a question that was defiant.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. He still does. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You're a good judge so, of character.
2: See, uh, I get paid to, to pick them out. So, um,
0: <laughs> so, so, just um, as a quick aside, if you were recruiting um, back in the day when Street and I were playing, uh, would you have asked us what our intention was and where we were going to go to school, or like would you have clearly passed us? Streety Let's really
1: just cut to it. the chase. Uh, um, Who would you have taken out of me or? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well. For this program, I think Street has the edge because we try and shoot a lot of threes. Yeah. Yeah, nice. But yeah. we are also... I was the, also trend the trend before the trend. We're also a locker room-driven program. Yeah. So Mac is just... Just his overwhelming personality and lovability. <laughs> that would factor into... See?
0: That's why I miss you. Well, See? Well, Simo, Simo probably, you probably... <laughs> you you talk could, truth.
1: You may have been able to take both of us, me as a player, but Mac Maca could have been a mascot.
0: Yeah, that's true,
2: actually.
1: <laughs> Come in and... Just give everyone a rev up That's in his not costume.
0: A bad suggestion, actually. I love
2: how you put yourself on the court. I think your your severe lack of lateral quickness might have exposed you to the defensive end.
1: It's always been a problem, so, Simo.
0: You heard it here first. Streety and I have now been exposed as having the athleticism of a sausage dog, both, and, and therefore potentially are unsuitable for even NCAA Division Two basketball. So, See, back
1: yeah. in the day, if if you're very good at one single thing, there's always a role. But uh, they, uh. in this day and age, it's not the case.
2: No, I, I disagree. I disagree. I think that That's a was the point of kids he was making. Nowadays, ahead. they don't specialize. Like I find, like a lot of kids don't spit. Like they're good at a lot of different things, but they're not great at one thing or two things, and. Like that is really, really hard as a coach. Like, you're good at all these different things, but you're you don't have one thing that you can hang your hat on. Mm. That means you're kind of gambling every time you go into a game as to what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I find that like that's that's probably the one thing that our guys really like. We really have to teach them on is is when they come into the program. Is just help them understand like, you know, as a freshman, I need you to do these two things here really, really well. And if you can do them really well, then we can build on that. Mm. And that comes back to what you were saying before is like the generational gap. And I think, you know, one of the things that we really have to work hard is just relationships with the kids and trying to understand, you know, what makes them tick. I can't imagine, you know, how some of these kids are wired just from the standpoint that everything's so instant. Like in our time, the most instant thing was the microwave. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd muck around with the microwave, you'd put spoons in there and you'd do all sorts of dumb stuff. But that was like, that was the deal. Like you were you're Gordon Ramsay of the microwave when you were eight, nine years old. Like yeah. that thing was just awesome. Don't mess with the microwave. Now these kids like at Instagram, instant, 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 everything's so just immediate. I think that, 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 these, that the kids nowadays really just struggle with just, you know, foresight, mm-hmm. um, I think the other thing they struggle with is patience. Mm. You know, we, a friend of mine and I were talking the other day. Like a lot of these kids have the have the have the Xbox mentality, where it's just like if you're losing, just hit you know, just hit reset, yeah, uh, and just start again. And and it's so true, especially with with freshmen coming into programs when things don't go their way immediately. I'm transferring. Um, uh, this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah, and just that 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 patience to progress just that that you know just that little bit of the time um is probably the hardest thing to navigate because you're constantly trying to remind the cute that it's 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 a big step first of all um like some of the guys you're playing against are 23 years old and, yeah. and you're 18 hmm. so just relax um
0: and those 23 year olds have run. had like years in the weight room too right like i mean they
2: oh they've had yeah four years some some of them five years 50 year seniors yeah have been in there from day one
0: yeah
2: as young guys are not even close and that's such a huge compa- component of the game is the physicality and just the you know that nature of, of being able to hold your own you know me versus you physically mm. um, but those are some of the things that we we have to navigate street is just you know that's the one thing where like you know if I you and I if someone said hey do a suicide you weren't asking too many questions you mm. were just do it yeah. and now nowadays you just didn't like, want to finish last yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a lot of just trying to like convince them that uh, you know this is why we're doing it. it's going to be good for you like as opposed to you no know, just get on the line and run yeah or right. you know at this screen and then do this so it, it's it's interesting i i enjoy it i think my advantage is my brother's in that in that era so yeah so, you know oh, a lot of the stuff that he, with him, you know, I say it all the time. He's an expert in nothing, so yeah, you know man. you get to have those conversations with with him about absolutely nothing, and then that helps me with the guys that I'm dealing with because I get to have the same dumb conversations with them too that go nowhere. <laughs> but for some reason, they we're connecting about something that I don't even know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so, Simo,
0: let's let's mention your brother, obviously. So Ben Simmons. Uh, a pretty popular name around basketball. Um, and, and as you said, probably one of the the rising up-and-coming stars. You've seen him grow up. You've seen him go through that transition that you just spoke of firsthand and come over to the States and um, as a high schooler and now obviously all, all the way to NBA stardom. What was that experience like for you, watching that from afar and as a person that was involved in the game as well?
2: It was a lot of fun. Um, I remember... When I was in college, I'd always, when I would come home, he was, Ben was eight. Like he was seven or eight, he was little. Um, And it was right in that like and one street ball, Alan Iverson phase that we all went through where we all just spent hours trying to cross each other up. Everyone has Um, a street
0: ball name, right? Like mine was White Lightning. (laughs) so
2: just so appropriate
0: off. yeah exactly that's what I thought yeah cool yeah. I
2: did not really um, have one I didn't have a streetball name no really
0: no no I thought no. everyone did yeah. well I, mean, I just made mine up
2: maybe so. I think you I think you gave yourself a streetball <laughs> name it's true and justify it by saying that everyone else had one
0: yeah well I now use that as my nickname basically
2: I can't imagine anyone calling you white lightning that doesn't even <laughs> sound good over like yeah that def- de- de- <laughs>
1: definitely sounds made up Macca <laughs>
2: Hey, listen. That uh, sounds like a real like stretch for like. I'm not very quick, so what can I? You, I'm a white guy, and I am in my mind the fastest guy out here. Lightning, perfect. Exactly white lightning. Right.
0: That's it. Got it. Right, you got it, man. So, so, me you mentioned uh, uh, you, in between Xbox resets. That was how I came up with that one. So,
1: <laughs> you mentioned sort of Ben, sort of uh, you know, he's when he was growing up as a young kid. Um, I wait, uh, hold on. You were telling a story about right yeah, when well, you yeah. came home from college. Oh, so yeah, we used yeah.
2: to like. I used to come back from the states, and then. We'd take him, Sean and I would take him to um, Newcastle Basketball Stadium and watch him play. He's like, he's whatever little local comp deal. Mm. So here he is. He's got the knee high socks. He's wearing my shorts. And then he's got Alan Iverson headband on. (laughs) And then here's Sean and I sitting there. And the whole 40 minutes is Ben not scoring, but just crossing over all these kids. (laughs) Like, the whole game and then there's these two idiots sitting on the sideline like running on the court crowd of two but like running on the court like taunting eight-year-olds like oh my god did you just get crossed over and there's Ben crossing him over like so it's been a lot of fun watching him develop I think he got scary good when he was um when he was probably 16 I think that's when when he got scary good and you could see it all coming together um he grew um and and i remember he visited me in the states when he was 16 Uh, he came over and he spent i think he spent a week with me in phoenix and um i remember calling my dad and just saying that like like he's a monster Mm. like he's a monster and 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 it was at a time where my parents weren't really sure if he was going to be they knew he was good but they didn't know how good yeah and then i think it was one more year and then we're all sitting around the dinner table and and he wasn't there but i was like i was like i don't know why you guys are tripping like he's gonna be the number one draft pick one day like he's gonna play in the nba yeah because and my standpoint on it was like he wears size sixteen shoes. He's got the hands the size of baseball mitts. Mm. He dribbles like a guard, like he's athletic. Yeah. If he stick with it, he's got a chance. And you know, he to his credit, he came over here and he he took a hard road to it, and and you know, lived at a boarding school and and played against the best and beat the best, and now he's he's you know transitioning the NBA pretty nicely and and having a good start to his career which is awesome for him so um
1: could you tell when he was eight years old that there, there was something special or he was just a knockabout kid just crossing kids up and you didn't really think much of it then
2: i didn't really think that much like it was more and i think the reason was was because it was more entertainment for sean and i <laughs> <laughs> so it was less about ben being good and more just about us 28 year olds like, it was it was almost like in like a like a like a, a video like an NBA jam type deal where like you're like we're a controlling band just going, man, just throw it off his head. And then he comes down, pops it off little Johnny's head, and then gets it back and then puts it the legs. So it was more like that. I didn't ever really thought of it like, oh man, he's just so good. I just always thought of it was like this is hilarious. Look at him. He's gonna dribble through all five guys <laughs> twice and then shoot it. Like this is cool. Um, I tell you who was really, really good. And I say it to people all the time, is, is my sister was better than Ben when she was younger.
0: Yeah. I think I remember you talking to me about your sister once saying that she was going to be amazing, right? Like that if she applied yeah. herself.
2: But like... She had all the tools and, 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 and she was better than Ben at the same age, like 15, 16, yeah, right, easily. Man. Like that's not even close. Like, like she ben went... was good. Olivia was way better.
0: She went and played NCAA and then, at Arizona State, did she not?
2: Yeah, she played at Arizona, Arizona State and then, um, you know, just kind of just went through school and, and um, you know, did what most of the people that go to college and play basketball do, which is you just end up giving a bit a bit too much and fall out of love with the game playing and, you know, just part ways with it. But, no, she, she came over and played and, and um, she got her piece of the action, so...
1: And as I understand, uh, Liam, there's a few stories getting around that uh, Ben's basketball path may not have been, and he was quite the handy uh, Aussie Rules player as a kid.
2: Yeah, he did down play Aussie Rules um, down in Melbourne. Um, he also played rugby league when he was up in Newcastle. Oh, <laughs> <League-y. And>
0: Nice. <laughs> yeah, he played the Souths, right? Played, so
2: the Newcastle, Herald picks up South. on that,
0: like... Every time he has a good game, they print this picture of him in his South uniform or something like that. X South Lions they, back row. Ben maybe they haven't found Google and just get a, get a more up to date picture. With maybe. his
2: helmet on, and then all the parents sitting there go, "Where's his birth certificate?" Yeah,
0: because <laughs> <laughs> he was just ending poor kids. So. Not yeah, be-
2: he was just running over them. Um, like he'd, be, he'd break the line, and then there'd be a kid like dragging on his leg, and then he'd eventually fall off and score a try. Um, but no, he played AFL and, and it got to the point where, you know, they were trying to get him to kind of pick basketball or football and um, he ended up picking basketball, obviously, yeah. which is, uh, some would argue, that was the better choice. Oh, um,
0: I'd, hard to, I'd, I'd love to hear the counter-argument.
2: <laughs> we might jump you don't out. It. Play at the, you don't want to play at the MCG? Yeah, no, no.
0: Actually, I'd love to play at the MCG, but I would love to... Um, come into the crowd at the MCG and start knocking a few blokes out at the MCG, <laughs> like <laughs> straight out of the forward pocket, to be honest. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> you mean, we'll, um, yeah, he's right.
1: We'll jump back to basketball in a second, uh, but just whilst we're on the topic of AFL, a bit, a bit of a recent trend um, that we've seen or heard stories of, and it's probably more prevalent down in, in Victoria with, with more of these um, cases um, that we hear, but of the AFL actually actively recruiting. Uh, kids out of U.S. colleges, like you know, basketball kids, um, getting them to come out, um, come back to Australia. So if their prospects to play either in Europe or you know professionally elsewhere don't pan out, or, or even presenting AFL as a real, as as a realistic career path um, post college basketball. Yeah, um, so Hugh Greenwood, right? Like He played in the grand final last year. Yeah, so. with league, he's probably the prime yeah. example. He'd signed a contract with the Perth Wildcats after... Um, four years at New Mexico. Four right? years, and then participating in a summer league with the Denver Nuggets. Mm. Um, signed a contract with the Wildcats to then yeah. renege on that. Um, end up playing in an AFL grand final some 18 months, two years later. Yeah. Is, that, is that something that is sort of in the forefront of, of, of kids coming to college? And I'd have to say primarily from those kids from Victoria, South Australia, and Western Australia.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think like it, it's it's somewhat foreign to you guys up there in New South Wales because league's such a prevalent sport, and the body types don't really transfer. So yeah. you know when you start getting into the the higher levels of of league, you're you know it's not that you're short, but like you're a stockier, yeah. thicker build, and yeah, you know um, it's not. It's not conducive to basketball um, the way that AFL is like AFL, you know, there's a lot of longer, leaner guys, Um, and and that's been happening for a long time. Um, I think the Hugh Greenwood situations kind of shed light on um, on you know some some of the pathways that kids have to get back to the AFL. Um. Uh, I can I cannot remember his name, but he played for the Newcastle Falcons, and then his sister played. Dean Brogan. Locals.
1: Dean Brogan. Yeah.
2: Dean Brogan. Yeah. Yep. He's one. Um. There was another guy, Carson. I think is another name that that Oh, played Carlin rugby. Hughes yeah.
1: I
0: think you're talking about. It. He played at St Mary's, right? And then came and played,
2: Um. I think. Yeah. And then uh, there's a kid from Nichols. Um. Ryan Bathy oh, yeah. He played at Nichols date and then came back, but, you know. It's been happening for a long time. Like, the AFL has been, you know, pretty strategic in terms of I think, and they've done a really good job of identifying kids early and then kind of sticking with them. Mm. Um, and I think one of the new things for them, and I don't know because I don't, I'm not in the AFL, but one of the new things is, is um, just you know, allowing the kids to go over here if they want to come over and play basketball. Mm. What's the worst thing that could happen for Collingwood if this kid comes over, lifts weights for three years, yeah, and then comes back as a twenty-two-year-old, and then you stick him in your, you know, your reserves, and then you know, in two years after that, he's a twenty-six-year-old, like you know, East. legitimate AFL player. So yeah. no, I, I think it's it's something that they've really done a great job of. I, I think basketball in the nineties did an unbelievable job of going to schools and and promoting the game, and 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 that's. The era that you you and I grew up in was watching guys like, you know, my dad, and then you know Butch Hayes and mm. you know David Cole with Leonard Copeland. Uh, all those those guys came to our schools and did yeah. clinics. I think in the in the later two thousands AFL took over that, you know, and and really did a good job getting into schools and creating awareness. And you know some of the best. You know, some of the best footy players going around are, are have all played basketball at some point in time. So Gus, Scott Pendlebury sure. Collingwood was a, a rep basketballer back yeah, in
1: the day yeah. as a junior.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um Christian Petrarca, who was who's plays for the Melbourne Demons, played with Ben. Um, yeah, well, he was in his know, big metro side, Chris... wasn't he? Yeah. And and I mean I tried to recruit him when I was over here. I said I tried to tell him. Hey man, like, yeah, if you're going to be number one drop in the AFL next year, you'll be the number one pick two years from now. Just come over and play for a couple of years and then yeah. go back. And yeah. he's like, uh, no, nah, I'm going to play footy. I was like, yeah, it's probably a good choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but you got to ask <laughs> I lost
0: it, right? that war. Yeah, yeah.
2: He was a heck of a basketball player. That kid was really good. Christian Petrarca was really good. Yeah. Um, but I, the other thing is like, there's so many more avenues for those kids playing footy, like, you know, there's, there's, there's so many different levels that they can play at and, and get exposure with and and transition in and 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 foreseeably make it even if you put the football down for a little. It's it's very similar to the NFL over here. Like, uh, you know, there's been a handful of basketball players who have transitioned to NFL and played tight end, um, you know, professionally. So yeah.
1: Yeah, right. yeah. Randy Moss was quite a quite the basketballer back in the day. You think we went to high he school was, with, uh, with Jason he
2: Williams? He was. Legit. Jason Williams. Alan Iverson was a, a highly sought after quarterback.
1: LeBron James was like a wide receiver or something, wasn't he, in high school? Quite a good one. So he, so he said. So he
0: said. No, so, yeah, right. so okay, so given your brother's connections, and obviously they say he's got a good relationship with LeBron, Do you have you met LeBron? Have you spent time with him?
2: No. No,
0: because ah, I was gonna, I, hope, ate, I was gonna have you go. I yeah, he's a that, bit full of um, shit, LeBron. Like he's probably he
2: owns, like I guess he owns, owns like Blaze Pizza, or he's like, yeah, like he's part of the development, whatever. Blaze Pizza. I've eaten Blaze Pizza. That's <laughs> <to a
0: drama. laughs> so that's as close <laughs> as you get to fame. Hey, listen. Yeah. That's closer than me, like, I don't even, like, yeah, so. Well, well
2: if you thing. come over here, go Blaze Pizza, and then we'll both be on the same level. Yes, definitely. That's okay, quite a good cool.
1: segue there, Simo, because um, Sports and Spit have been talking about a bit of a USA tour in 2019, so. Um, oh, we've spoken to Simo
0: about this. Yeah, I'm coming to run a marathon with him, because he's going to run a marathon no, Absolutely, but I Mizzou. think we
1: definitely going to add Blaze Pizza to the um, to the itinerary. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. I think,
2: do you think if we keep pumping Blaze Pizza, we might get a little spono?
1: Well, we could. That'd be brilliant. I
0: don't know. Let's have <laughs> Blaze Pizza. No, uh. <laughs> so
2: see how many times you can get Blaze Pizza in. Yeah, well, wow. I don't even know <laughs> Blaze Pizza yeah. is,
0: but now I feel like pizza, and it's almost midnight here. Yeah. So,
2: so Blaze Pizza is it's it's awesome. It tastes great, but it's they've captured the chipotle. Ah. Uh. M- market where you make your own pizza it's like subway yeah you right. just put all stuff on it they chuck it in the oven they charge you 20 bucks and you walk away, going oh how awesome like i made my own pizza yeah right. and you could have gone to domino's and got five pizzas for the same amount of money
0: <laughs> this is that same phenomenon that went on in uh in australian bistros in about like the early 90s or whatever where you could go and cook your own steak and
2: like you could say <laughs> yeah. the same That's amount rubbish. Could... why would you want to pay what, what, to pay cook to cook
0: your, your own steak 20 bucks when you could go to Woolies and get five of them no. I mean,
2: <laughs> have your you take... mates over yeah, and get right. one of them to cook it for you yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I used to have mates I went to uni there's with there's
2: always the... there's always the mate who thinks they're the best barbecuer yes. and they'll take over anyone's grill
0: that's right exactly yes and that like is probably the most male competition that we get now that's probably buckets
1: we're... from our last episode it probably was buckets yeah buckets and, our yeah. fullback
0: yeah yeah but we, like, now that we're old and, and we don't compete on, on sporting fields anymore, we compete for who's the best, like, barbecue master, right? So, like, uh, you know, like, you go to each other's house and you just go, well, those pork sausages were shit like, I'm going to somebody else's <laughs> house next week and I'm going to grab some bloody bratwurst or something I'm yeah. going to outdo so, um, you. Yeah.
1: To, to recap on our point about the AFL, um, I think they did a great job of kicking the NBL when they were down a few years ago. Um, yeah. and, th- and now we're seeing a bit of an upswing in popularity in, of Basketball in Australia, in large part to Ben and you know what's going on in the NBA and, and also success of all our guys, our seven or eight guys in the NBA at the moment. And so, I mean, I, I definitely think, and a lot of people do, we're about to head into probably our most prosperous period in terms of um, our, our national team and, and in what we can expect success-wise. It's probably the first time since, I don't know, let's say Sydney or even Atlanta where we, 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 we've got a squad where where we fans go in as well as the players of expecting medals, expecting good results. Um, that That's quite exciting. Hmm. No,
2: it, it is. And, and um, you know, I think that a lot of people forget that, you know, part of the reason that the NBL was so good and it was so fun to watch was that the American players that came over were so talented. Yeah, um, really good. They were getting legitimate American guys to come over and play. And and that kind of – that took a back seat for a long time. And um, I think it was to the detriment of the league. And that's not to say that, that the league didn't have talented young guys. But I think that you know, when when you were looking at guys like Brett Ma and and Andrew Gaze and um, you know Shane Heal, they were always being guarded by or going against guys that were NBA fringe mm. level guy, yeah. And that made the league better. Like Ricky Grace was an NBA, you know cusp kind of guy yeah like that was an eight level point guard like
1: didn't he go back at guy, some point when he was Perth and play with I think the Atlanta Hawks or maybe the Clippers or someone
2: I don't know yes yeah. like Leonard Copeland was it was was part of the Clippers and I think that 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 competition elevated the Australians to a level that allowed guys like Andrew Gaze and 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 Shane Heal and and Mark Bradkey and Andrew Vlahoff and those guys um, to to advance their careers and 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 allow Australia to compete at a high level at the Olympics because of the fact that you know week in and week out you're going against really competitive guys um, and 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 I think that that's starting to come back. Like I looked at the NBL All First Team um, just tonight on the way back from the game and you know, the four American guys and, and Daniel Johnson's the Australian guy. Yeah. yeah. You'd want you, you want to get more Aussies in there, but it's 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 good to see that those those imports are coming back and they're strong and and, yeah. and they're elevating the level of the of, of play back home. And and I also love to see, you know, the coaches that are coaching at the moment, you know, Rob Beveridge is is as good as anyone I've ever been around um, and seen coach, um, you know, guys like Dean Vickerman down in Melbourne, um, and 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 those type of coaches um, are just really just mechanics of the game. They teach it, they know what they're doing, um, and and they're great for the NBL. Um, You know, there was a period where it was it was kind of recycling the same guys over and over, and it was a bit stale. So fresh faces. Um, established guys is, is fun because I think it allows the to be able to grow um, and then I think the next Olympics is a, is a real chance for our guys to, to step up and, and make some noise um, you know guys like Patty Mills are going to be older and have gone through it um, you know Della Ladova you know I don't know if Bogut's got the knees to go around again but
1: um, Even you know a couple he, he, he would make, if he can't play, I, I think he's the sort of guy you want there just on your bench as a second or third assistant just, just for what he could do. He's a, you
2: know, a bit. no doubt. No, he he's, and, and he's such a good, he's such a real guy. Like, yeah, you know, Bogues strikes me as the sort of guy that doesn't allow young guys just to kind of come in and run the show. Like he's gonna, he's yeah. gonna keep real and teach him through, you know, what he went through. Um, but I, what's fun to me, fellas, is like is the face of Australian basketball is changing, and yeah. I think it's in, in in the climate that we're in at the moment, um, especially here in America, where you're talking about so much, you know, racial tension and and, and, and you and there's so much divisiveness, um, and it's 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 to me very very exciting to see guys like Paddy Mills. Ben, Thonmaker, Jonah Bolden, um, at the forefront of of our push going forward. Yeah. Mm. Not only those guys, but also the kids that you know, you know Bogut's European Australian. Mm. Um, you know, we've got several of those guys who have European heritage that are Australian. It 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 it's a great it's a great step i think for for not just basketball but for our country in terms of just coming together you know there is no such thing as a an australian you know what is an australian what does that look like you know i think that's the sort of stuff where that's helping to break the the mold of what we're so used to um and, and is exciting for for me as a basketball fan but just also just as like you know just as a per. And kind of watching all this develop is 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 I think that's the sort of stuff that you know is is giving those kids in those Sudanese communities a little bit more to 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 go for. Uh, When you see guys like Thon making it, when you see guys like Ben stepping out and doing what he's doing, um, it's it's fun because I think it, it 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 represents more than just your atypical. Aussie basketball yeah. that we are used to when when you know us three you know yeah, the typical right. white guys yeah that that play. that's
1: yeah yeah and uh, I mean the, the NBL is definitely on the upswing and I think we currently are, are sort of being blessed by that that first generation of that great NBL era in the nineties where a lot of those guys have you know had children in Australia and they've developed Exum and Simmons and yeah and Bold and Bolden, all those guys we're we're sort of you know the the, the there was a noticeable dip in in the talent and the quality of basketball but now that that sort of you know that gift has sort of skipped that generation but now we've got it now um yeah absolutely and and
2: melvin thomas's kids are 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 really talented kids and um you know dane pinot's dad played for the melbourne tigers for a long time and he's Mm. now with the sydney kings yeah there's you know Jack Purchase is a kid who's playing at Hawaii. You know Nigel Purchase played with the Tigers for a long time. So, yeah. um, you know the list goes on and on. Who's this kid that, from that uh, St
1: Mary's? Jock Jock Lander. I've been watching a bit of him lately. The big six eleven center. He's a senior. Yep. What does sort of future hold for yep. a guy like him?
2: You know what? Like I think, um, I think he's. I think he's a kid who's really, from what I've been told and what I've seen, uh, he wasn't what he was when he first got there so he wasn't what he is when he first got there um I think he worked really hard to get to where he is right now which is is a is a testament to their program and a testament to the kid um that they can take guys and develop them and not develop them into just good players for their team but you know the WCC is a legit you know national contender with Gonzaga and St. Mary's like those that's you know is an elite eight type team so if you're you're one of the better players in that conference like Jock is then you know I don't see why he's with his size and skill set that he couldn't be a guy that finds his way onto you know an NBA roster or um you know well and truly a, a summer league roster and gives himself a chance to make that next step um but you know who knows um it, it all it all plays itself out and I think that he made a name for himself last year in March, and there's no reason why he can't do it again and take another step this year.
0: Yeah, Simo, I, I just wanted to highlight the point that I think that you made there earlier around the Boomers and the diversity that we'll be putting on the court. We often talk about the talent that we'll be putting out there, but I think what you're saying is, which I think was a really good point, was, you know, Paddy Mills is an Indigenous Australian, and 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 we're going to be trotting him out as our starting point guard. You know, Ben. His, his father is, is, is African-American and his mum's obviously Australian. So Thon Maker is a Sudanese immigrant to the country. Like this is, this is truly a team that whatever success they have will be fantastic. But they are representative of what this population is right now, right? Which is a really diverse and a really um, wonderful country to be part of because we don't have the divisiveness that, that, that America has and we don't. well yes, I'm sure that we've got our own racial issues and everything aside, um, but to to have a team like that represent you is actually quite exciting, right? Like both talent wise. and uh, I, look.
2: I think it's I think it's sensational. Like I think that's I think that's what makes the NBA great. Is that you know on any given night you can go watch a guy play from you know Brooklyn, New York, and and or, or Akron, Ohio, mm. and then right next to him is a guy from Croatia, and yeah, right yeah. next to him is a guy from australia like it's 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 a world game and you know basketball's you know you can go anywhere in the world you cannot know the language and and you know but you'll know the rules of basketball yeah and you can play with anyone and and not be able to speak and communicate with each other you know verbally but you can communicate in basketball and i think you know if that team is what we all think it would be with those players then that that is going to be a great representation like you're saying of of what australia really is which is it's just a melting pot of cultures it's what makes our country so awesome to be a part of is that you know when you go down the street you you're going to be you know connecting and moving through all types of different cultures and 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 different ethnicity groups and and they all come under the banner of Australian. And I think um, that's that's a really neat deal. And I think it's it's something that, that should definitely not be you know taken lightly. I think it's a huge responsibility for those guys um, to perform at a high level and, and represent our country the right way. But I think it's a great step for what basketball really is, which is the world game. And, um, you know, there's, there's so many great young Sudanese players coming out of Australia at the moment that... Um, you know, I think having a guy like Thon Maker on the team, if he decides and and they decide they you know they want him and he wants to be there, um, that's a I think that sends a real clear message that you know any kid anywhere, if you're good enough, you can make it. And I don't think that's been the message for a long time, but I think that could be the message being sent, which would be really really cool.
1: I think the Boomers would be mad not to, not to be doing everything in their power to have Thon Maker uh, represent Australia because he's. He'd be a great ambassador for us, and
2: yeah, yeah, good power. Oh, and, and he's a heck of a talent. Like, and it, it's it's unfortunate that you can only take. I think you could take twelve guys or whatever it is, but I really hope that that you know that him and 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 guys like Jonah Bolden, uh, if they're good enough. I mean, I'm not the coach, so I don't know, and Coach Lamantis will figure out who's good enough or not. And I, I do think. Or the not next to, coach. Got to correct you. Mac, a bit. I do think that Patty would be playing the two spot and Ben would be playing the point guard. Yeah, Otherwise, fair enough. Ben enough. be playing. So.
0: Oh, yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, there you go. I shut my mouth. <laughs> so, so, scoop. Yeah,
1: that's right. See, we, we, we always say on this show, Simo, that uh, that we never have a, a solid scoop, but we may have sort of unearthed a semi scoop there. A half scoop. A half scoop. <laughs> Ah, well, I suppose yeah.
0: it, it, the, 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 that defiant nature that I do, t- wants to retort that basically, well, yeah, I suppose point guards in my day never were able to shoot either, so I suppose why would it change in the boomers? So, you know, so...
2: But what I would
0: say on the other point that you made, Simo, around uh, the language of basketball translating really well and the fact that you can go and see a guy from anywhere play in the NBA, it's also translated really well for Boban Maranovic, who actually came from Disney's BFG, um, the movie rather than any other particular country because it's great to see that we can also take characters from fan- fantasy movies and allow them to live in real life because we're actually watching Boban earlier and I, and, and I was like surely that man cannot be real because uh, he is flat
1: out the weirdest looking human I've ever seen what is happening there so anyway so, uh, so
2: yeah, there I'll, I'll let you have that one
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I knew we'd get it to a topic that was too hot to touch Hey, Simo, mate, I know.
2: That, <laughs> that was it. Of all the
1: lines that we crossed today, that was it. That was
0: the worst one. It was a cultural one. I was very surprised.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> quick, <laughs> mate, quick question, Simo. We, we've got you on a Skype chat, so we, we obviously have vision. Um, our listeners will be hearing the audio. But you've been holding your phone up for a good, I don't know, hour. Probably more. How's your arm feeling? <laughs> you got pins and
2: needles? Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's resting it's resting so oh, i am in a very comfortable spot on my couch um, i'm actually watching the sun come up <laughs> and trying to think to myself uh, why, why am i I'm talking to like these two going? idiots
1: we have noticed <laughs> we, we have noticed that the ambient light in your room has gotten lighter so so yeah
2: and now you can't see my head at all because it's just shining
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's reflecting so you <laughs> said so last time we saw you you did have hair so you have changed a little bit
2: but that might yeah but that's what coaching will do to you to just Bloody coaching guys like yourself, Macky, you go bald quicker.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know guys that just blow your hair away by talent and natural fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah,
2: that's exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. it's yeah, just the definitely. talent level so extraordinary that my hair just fell out.
0: <laughs> so now that this is disintegrating, basically, to the point that it was when it started, mate. I wanted to ask you one final question because because obviously the sun is coming up over there in Missouri, and you got to get to your family, but mate your whole not your whole family i know you've still got some family left here in melbourne but because of ben's success the majority of your family have joined you in the states but do you miss australia mate i mean like is it a circumstance where it'll always be home mate but you've got you've you've got a beautiful wife now in in tiff over there and 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 a lovely little boy mate is it you're gonna come back mate is what i'm asking or what (laughs)
2: um never say never um my wife wants to move back more than, than me probably at the moment. Um, You know, I, I I love what I do over here. If there was ever an opportunity for me to do it back home, um, you know, I would jump at the, at the opportunity. And um, yeah, my upbringing was, was one where I grew up in the, you know, I grew up in the Melbourne Tigers locker room. So, you know, I still have my own kind of hoop dream of being able to stand on the sideline in the NBL and, and, and coach a team and um you know if i ever had the opportunity to do that then that'd be a pretty neat deal that i would find hard to pass up but um yeah never say never um uh, australia is still home and um you know recruiting brings me home and and as long as there's kids playing basketball in australia i'll always be around mm. um but you know uh, Without it being a, a kind of basketball deal, I don't know whether I'd be coming back just to work for you or, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, sorry, mate. You wouldn't survive in my program uh, where I work. Mate. We're, we're, pretty pro- yeah. we're pretty
1: professional. Well, you know, Simo, if, 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 I, if sports has been ever get taken up by one of the major media networks over in the States and uh, we take our show global, um, <laughs> we might have you on as a regular correspondent. Yeah. And they... Uh, right. You know, you guys aren't bad
2: looking, I'll tell you that. Like, you got to get off the podcast and find some way to get yourself on a YouTube channel because <laughs> you're not bad looking. The matching t-shirts is a little bit worrying.
0: Oh, yeah, well, that was because we didn't know that you were going to be available tonight, so we didn't have a chance to confer on outfits. Yeah, outfits.
2: Uh... It, the way your t-shirts look, it either looks like you've come straight from dance class or you're <laughs> going to a 2-on-2 tournament. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're playing in the over 55s 2-on-2. Yeah, that's right, <laughs>
2: It's uh, it's... like in my mind, I just imagine if you stood up right now, you'd both be wearing leggings.
1: Yeah, well, we
0: may just be, and uh, and what would be wrong if we were coming from a dance class? By the way, we can both shake it. Be... Wrong with
2: that. I'm be... just saying that, like, that's what it looks like. So <laughs> yeah. now, all the people listening, how many people listen? By the way,
0: uh, well, we were just discussing this earlier, so. We're about eight episodes in, and the um, listenership is deteriorating rapidly. So, we're hoping that you might be able to turn it around. So, uh, but on the positive,
1: we, we, we have had over 1,000 plays. So, you know, yeah, people right. are, you know, we're, we're hitting the airwaves. So, mm. we're hoping to obviously grow our audience and, uh, and have more chats like this, which give an insight into um, life in the NCAA as a coach, as an ex player. Uh, being a family member of an NBA player and sharing some uh, insight into the into that process.
0: And next week we'll be talking about our dance class, which would be um, a fantastic <laughs> update. So if you want to hear about that, tune in. <laughs>
2: Pir- pirouettes and, and leg kicks. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. I we'll tell you important. what might get the might get the listenership up is um, if with this particular podcast you could just say, "Talking with Ben Simmons," and then like in the smallest caps possible. Brother,
0: brother, exactly. Yes, yeah, okay,
2: that's good. We've got
0: it. You know so, what? That's, um, that's get... not misleading. That is just basically telling so, people. Simo, what, what do you think
1: the chances are? If you could put in a good word for us, maybe have a chat with Shawnee and uh, say, listen, uh, I've got a couple of guys want to get you on the show, and um, you know, maybe just record it when Ben's home or something.
2: I don't know why everyone asks me. You all got Sean's number. You call Shaun. <laughs>
0: Mate, I didn't ask. I don't want to talk to Sean, right?
1: Like, (laughs) I just want to hear hear the pet story. You are Sean. From his own
2: mouth. You are Sean. You are Sean. You're Sean's friend. Like, you call him.
0: Listen, let me tell you, right? The last time I saw Sean was in Melbourne, right? And I took him out (laughs) to dinner. And I got completely wasted and and ended up with a hickey on my neck, right? And I don't think it was from Sean. Right and all so all I want to say is you still owe me dinner Sean okay so if I'm calling you about anything it's about <laughs> dinner okay that's all
2: <laughs> Sean's probably good for it now he wasn't good for it then but he, yeah. he's probably good for dinner now Yeah
0: see that was see I was investing in the future see I saw the talent in Sean I knew Smart. that he was going to be an NBA hanger on at some stage right If he if there was anyone that was going to be turtle it was Sean
2: So Okay so this this is classic Sean when he first like he's a lot he's he's grown up in his he's grown up in his position but um, I, when I can't remember what I think they were at, I think they were at the ESPYS. They may have been at the ESPYS or at some some deal. Somewhere where it? most normal
0: normal family members go, like yeah, when my brother went yeah. to the ESPYS. Yeah, yeah. stuff that no, I wasn't there. So yeah. <laughs>
2: normal people like us, we won't, we don't go to those things. But Sean was there, and he's a massive Steve Nash fan. Yeah. Like I remember this. Yeah. Just awkwardly. Mm. Awkwardly kind,
1: big fan and kind, then kind it, of like my bank crush on the Same thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Steve Nash is there. He goes up to him. He's like, Hey Steve. Like, <laughs> like he knew it. <laughs> yeah.
1: because
2: so they're like, both at the
0: SBC, so they of course they'd know <laughs> each other.
2: So. We're, we're both here, so of course like we've got to be mates. <laughs> yeah. So he goes, Yeah, oh, hey Steve, like how's it going? Like Steve Nash's like, gay, hey, good. Weirdo. Then, then Sean. Sean has these moments where he kind of just He panics and then he just starts rattling on. So I guess Sean follows Steve Nash on Instagram. Mm. So do I. So he starts asking Steve Nash about like, oh, so you moved into your new house. That's pretty sweet. Like a single white female going on. (laughs) It's like, I saw you in New York playing soccer the other week. That's awesome, man. Like you do that often? Like. Steve Nash, apparently is the stand going, who is this guy? <laughs> what and what? He knows so much about me. And, and how did he actually Sean's get past like, the Cut.
0: security of, of the SP? <laughs>
2: Sean looks at Steve Nash and he says to him, he goes, mate, I'm really sorry for this. Like, I'm super awkward. I just want to get a picture and leave you alone. If that's all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I,
0: oh, that's, I, I can just imagine Sean just going, you know what? This is really awkward, mate. But if you could just take your picture still, I don't want to walk away without evidence of the whole thing. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. When he told me the story, I was like, "Man, you've got to, you've got to work that out, buddy. Like, yeah. there's going to be more opportunities like that for you, and you had not stubbed your toe every time that you meet someone famous. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fuck this up all the time. So, so <laughs> every single time. What is
0: so? What is the like? I don't have a brother that's famous like your brother Sean or your brother Ben. But, like, uh, or mates with Steve Nash either. What's the weirdest thing that one of them's told you? Like, in terms of when you just realized, you just said a couple of normal blokes like all of us. When did you realize that maybe they're, they're not living a normal life?
2: <clears throat> um, I, I think the most, it all kind of just becomes, <laughs> it all becomes kind of just normal. Um, yeah. I I think like the the most surreal thing is like when they're like when sh- like they're saying like they're saying oh I'm in Miami yeah today and then the next day they're in L.A.
0: yeah
2: and, and it's just like like I normally have to plan my trips like save money yeah you know look for the cheapest hotel yeah like those dudes just jump on planes. And just bounce around yeah. and it's, it's no big deal. And that's probably the most surreal thing is yeah. like when they talk about their schedules and stuff, is like they're just on a whirlwind. Like this year, they went to London. Sean's yeah. so like, Yeah, I'll be in London on Wednesday, and they'll be back on Friday, in New York, Miami, and then I've got to be such, such, whatever. And I'm like, That's <laughs> just. And yeah, and I'm, I'm going be off. At yeah, and then I going to go back to work. <laughs> and then I'd by six you got to get on a greyhound
1: dinner. bus and go six hours to your next game. <laughs> that,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Where after the game we get on the bus and we eat five-dollar pizza, and then I look in the mirror and wonder why I've gained like eight hundred pounds.
1: I <laughs> will tell you what, I've been on my fair share of greyhound buses in the states, and you never get off a greyhound bus without a good story. Oh yeah, that's true. So yeah. bus trips do yield some uh, some good some good things.
2: Well, just to clarify for all the recruits listening that I'm trying to get to Southwest Baptist, we don't catch great (laughs) hands. We catch Cavallo, Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O. Cavallo buses, they're great. Coaches with Wi-Fi and TVs.
0: Oh, wow. And, and, uh, and no Greyhound stories well, the, or no, no,
2: greyhounds. no coming out of penitentiaries the thing about, whatever,
1: um, is, and this is yeah, actually, Yeah, you
2: just see our team on the side of the road waiting at the bus stop. Like, where are you guys going? Oh, we'll get a game in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, Can I'm, you take the sp- basketballs as know, well? Can I, you get
2: us close? Can yeah. you get us close?
1: <laughs> when I came to visit you in San Diego in 2004, I took the bus from Compton or wherever it was in, in Los Angeles <laughs> down to San Diego now. The story goes, with the Greyhound buses, that once a guy gets released from prison, he gets one free Greyhound bus ride to any destination he wants within a certain radius. So this one dude who happened to sit in the seat in front of me had gotten out of jail. He was going from LA to San Diego to go go see his mum. So I I listened to his whole jail story, um, not wanting to hear it, but he was telling somebody else, the guy in front of me, and uh, it was the longest three hours of my life. And I was very pleased to get off the bus, to walk around the streets, to eventually run to you. And then, oh, he'll break loose after that. It was good fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, see, uh, I can't believe I it thought is. that story was going to go like...
1: Uh, <clears throat> a totally different way.
2: A totally different way. I yeah, thought yeah. there was going to be somewhere in there where like he stood up and then... Yeah. That that, uh, you?
1: that that happened on a subway train with Josie in New York where he almost got a shot. But anyway, that, that, that's yeah. for another time, that one.
0: yeah. Charlesy <laughs> <laughs> So Simo, it's been awesome talking to you, mate. It's been really good catching up. We really appreciate you taking the time to do it, especially after such a long day, man, or two long days. Um, but we'd love to kind of talk to you again once you kind of maybe kind of look at what you're going to do with recruiting next year and everything else and, and you've had a bit of a chance to kind of digest the rest of your season, mate. So we'd love to have you back on yeah, at some stage.
1: Yeah, we are definitely going to adopt the Bearcats as our um, as our our team here at yeah. Sports and & Spit. And Finn
0: Delaney as our MBL. Yeah, Finn Delaney's our, yeah. our, our,
1: our favourite basketball player. Um, but yeah. we're, we're all on the Bearcats for 2018-19 um, and we might have been organised to send you some Sports & Spit apparel in exchange for some Bearcats gear so we can rock around you in it.
2: That's not a problem. I, I, I'll make sure that I get them in the... It looks like you guys wear small-medium in a V-neck.
0: Yes, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, no. <laughs> this shirt's just ah, a double excuse XL. Me. I've got a coloured pocket on my shirt. Um, which oh, is
2: my bad. Sorry.
0: Quite sorry, the rage sorry. here yeah, in mate, Australia I'm, right now. I'm actually you. wearing
1: a, a, an oversized uh, workout shirt from Kmart. Um, yeah. So...
0: But he hasn't worked out in six months. No,
2: no, That's cool. With a face like that, you don't need to work out. You just need to show up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's probably like, we probably do need to get on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we're currently
1: watching uh, Gold uh, (laughs) uh, and (laughs) Wingo. Not to give myself
2: any praise, but yeah, I think I need to be the face of YouTube.
0: I do present fairly well digitally. That's what I've always
1: felt. Face for radio.
2: I'm telling you, fellas, that, that, that if you get, like, with that kind of charisma... You've got one like you got the guy who's always keeping the, the conversation going and then you have got the other guy who's at any moment just ready to derail it. Like that is just <laughs> set up to be prime time. Yeah. That's gonna be, that you guys are gonna be moving over here in, in five years. Yeah. And you're gonna have your own little I watch those guys on TV, like Shannon Sharp and, and Skip Bayless. They got nothing on you guys. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Well, at the yeah, moment we've got
1: uh, Golic and Wingo and we 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 have these guys covered for sure.
2: Yeah, look you at know what the other situation. thing is? Don't don't sandbag either, Macca, because you're a collegiate swimmer. Yeah. So yeah. don't act like you were some non-athlete, like scrubbo guy that just sucked at everything. Like.
0: But we went. But the thing is, I is, is that everything went.
2: Here in Perkins.
0: But everything went downhill, Simo. Like you know, I mean, it's like everything, right? Like what you said, we all sat on our buses and ate our pizzas, mate. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: so, yeah. You know,
0: but everyone just had a different bus and
2: a different pizza. You know. So. Oh, I figured it out. Your streetball name wasn't White Lightning; it was your swimming name. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. So I can't yeah. believe the street he has got a prison story like that, and he doesn't have a streetball name. Like, I mean, you guys have got to get your priorities. <laughs> or, maybe I pretty good at Compton.
1: Yeah. That was scary, man. It was serious. And then the other one, <laughs> other crazy one, we end up in Detroit at four AM uh, at a bus station, and uh, we witnessed a drug deal get on the toilet, and the guy eyed us, eyed us off, and we're like, "Okay, we're leaving. Thanks." Why you witness drugs. You kind
2: of look like a cop, though, Streetie. Uh you That's do. probably why no one mess with you. You kind of look like a policeman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's so
1: true. I'm just Mr. Average probably blending as an undercover cop.
0: Don Johnson from *My yeah. device Vice*. I yeah.
1: know who he is. Mm. Uh, Simo, uh, what what are you doing Friday night? We've just seen an ad on ESPN here for the Sixers at Cavs. You've, um, looks like a pretty good game coming up.
2: Friday night, I will be on the road. My so I get today off, and then I will drive. I will rent a car and I will drive 10 hours to Texas to go watch a game and then I will come back through Dallas and see a recruit and then um, I will get home probably Saturday morning about 3 a.m.
0: Wow. Damn, that is a fun life.
2: And then I will spend Saturday and Sunday with my family and then Monday go to work and then Tuesday do the same trip again.
0: Wow. To see the same recruits or just different people. No,
2: different different kids will be playing at a different event. Yeah, so. right.
1: is it just a 24 twenty four seven cycle? Uh, you know the the, the you know um, there's always stuff going on, it, right?
2: Yeah, no, there is, and, and and ours is a lot different. Like it's all um, like the higher levels you are, the the more you travel. So you know, my friend. Uh, David Patrick, who works at TCU, yeah. uh, actually Kawatniel, his
1: yeah, he's going New good
2: yeah. TCU. Yeah. He's tearing it up. He could be freshman of the year, which would be unbelievable. Um, uh, hey, he's the next guy. He's the next one that will be in the NBA. You watch? Yeah, yeah um,
1: I've, been, uh, Trump, I've been following yeah. his, his Instagram account and his story, and he's definitely a talented kid. And uh, yeah, he's he's going good. He's, he was actually on the. Uh, highlight just uh, a few a few minutes
2: ago here on ESPN. On yeah, TV. they're 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 going to be in the tournament, so he's going to get a chance to show his show his skill set. But yeah, like they'll travel, they'll jump on planes and they'll go all over the country to go recruiting. So it, it's it's constant, and the higher the level, the more you travel and recruit. Um,
1: so if Quat was to, to, um, with us. If Quot was to get that award, uh, Freshman of the Year, do, do you think so, he would sort of um, – and obviously you can't put words in his mouth, um, but is there a real sort of chance that, you know, that there might be an early declaration for the draft um, you know, to sort of to um,
2: capitalize on that? I think he's got a ways to go. Like, yeah. I think he's got – I think, honestly, the best thing for that kid would be you know, spend time in school, develop your body – and and be ready, like be ready when you get out, because if you're not, then your career can be very very short. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, very, he's
1: a guy that's six and,
2: seven, six eight, and lacks lack, lack lack a lot of impact if you're not ready. Yeah. So, it's been successful that like Malcolm Brogdon came out of Virginia, and he was a four year guy, and um, you know guys like that, you know, Delhi. Was a four-year guy. Like those guys have had longevity in their career because when they came out, they were ready, um, and they arguably could have been in the NBA playing, you know, a year or two before that. But I think you know the maturity factor for those guys. Guys like Ben are the the outlier. Mm, like yeah. the reason Ben's able to impact is he's skilled and he's good at what he does. But his body is an NBA body. Yeah. He had that body since he was in high school. Mm. So. It's just very it's very naive to think that these kids can just come out and play against guys like LeBron and be successful mm.
1: yeah.
2: without the body. And and that's probably where his biggest challenge is in the weight room and getting himself to a place where and it's not even banging bodies with LeBron, it's just sustaining 82 games of performance, yeah,
1: Like because a guy like what at being six seven, six eight, and he might even grow a bit taller. Like guys like his size and shape are a dime a dozen. So you know you probably need that, that yep. extra edge to be able to, to to succeed.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you can make the check out to <laughs> Liam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well,
0: just send us the address, mate, and we'll get it to you ASAP.
1: <laughs> and you know what? We, we might even hand deliver it in November 2019 when we're over there on our Sport and Spit uh, tour. He's just saying... None of
2: these yeah, I don't want any Commonwealth Bank or National <laughs> Bank. Here Bank of Macca and Streetie. Payable to simmer.
0: One hour of our
1: love. Do you take Western Union money transfers? <laughs> yeah, that's right. What about PayPal? Hopefully I don't
2: get fired or have or, or committed any major, major violations or, or pissed anyone off. Hey, you know what? We,
0: that would, if you said something really controversial and then somebody else picked it up and it would say, Ben Simmons' brother says X, right? <laughs> Like that would get our podcast. Won't out, play don't. for
1: Boomers unless he's a point guard. Oh, something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that—that's a fact. He'd say
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: and that right. wouldn't even come from me. <laughs> no,
0: so, so, there. So he's, as long as it's confirmed by Ben, there's probably not that much of a scoop then, right? So yeah, okay.
1: Well, it's been great to catch up, mate. Um, enjoy your breakfast, and I'm sure you do. It's probably six or something a.m. There. What's the time there? Yeah.
2: We're 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 jumping into seven a.m. Yeah, Shit. nice. We've been talking for a while. Yeah.
1: Mate, it's been
0: great, dude. Good on you. We appreciate it and we we love talking to you, so we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Appreciate you guys. Have a good day. Oh good night. What time is it? Nine? Ten o'clock?
0: Midnight, dude. Good night. Oh, midnight. Yeah, yeah. Well That's yeah. starting though, fellas. Oh, so. Yeah, mate, we're just about to head out to the and start cutting it up, dude.
2: I think you're about to go into your little little fellas bedroom kiss him goodnight and then go try and catch up on some sleep that you lost
0: definitely mate absolutely and just hope that he hasn't vomited all over the floor before i get there <laughs> so,
2: anyway oh, that's awful yeah i hope he feels <laughs>
0: yeah
2: thanks dude all
0: right we'll say hello to the family for us mate we'll catch you soon
2: okay see you guys good on you mate, you, mate. cheers bye